0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, an expectation overhaul for BYU basketball. Are you ready to ride the tournament train nine games in? Oh, boy. Steve Cleveland making his return to Studio B. What is BYU's identity through nine games? Plus, Jamal Williams joins us. Why his first Lambo leap was way too difficult. And Sweet 16 game day for BYU women's volleyball. Let's go! This is
1: BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Cast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from
0: Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Friday, December 8th, wherever and however you're dialed in. It's wonderful to have you with us. Alongside everyone's favorite vanilla bro, Jason Shepard. I am Spencer Linton. Mm, vanilla. Are you a vanilla guy? I like vanilla. Yeah, I do.
2: Like as much as Lavelle Edwards? Like the Lavelle's vanilla? Yes. Yeah, look, you could have all of your crazy concoctions of flavors. I'm going to I'm going to keep it simple. I'm going vanilla. Are, that's your favorite no, no, no. flavor it of ice. It is not cream. my favorite flavor, but okay. I have no problem just eating vanilla ice cream. There's nothing wrong with that. Really? Yeah, yeah. My favorite ice cream is Neapolitan. Because then you get a little vanilla, a little chocolate, a little strawberry. However, the strawberry, not the chunks of strawberry in it. <laughs> I don't want the chunks of strawberry. Very let's not particular. Get, let's not get crazy here.
3: I trust that dude.
0: I can't <laughs> say that I do trust that. Uh, whatever. But you'll, you'll eat vanilla oh, ice cream by itself. Yeah, absolutely. There's you don't have more... to have something with it. Look, if it's good enough for LaBelle, it's good enough for me, okay? All right. Okay, yeah, the ultimate trump card, right? Okay, <laughs> Yeah, if, you lo- if you love Lavelle, then you'll eat lo- vanilla ice cream all by its lonesome. Okay. Do you not, will you not eat vanilla ice cream? No, I will, but typically I have it with something, right? Oreo cookies in it, or it's with pie. That's called cookies or... and cream. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Fine, Jason. Can we just bring on the headlines, please? I'm it's angry. Your BYU
1: Sports Nation headlines.
0: Okay, now I'm in a better mood. <laughs> Because it's Sweet 16 game day, 7th ranked and 13th seeded BYU women's volleyball on the court right now against 4th seeded Kentucky in the Sweet 16 of the NCAA tournament. The Cougars outside hitter star Ronnie Jones Perry joined us earlier this week and shared the following team mindset.
4: It's just another game of volleyball Um,
0: and if we just focus on it in that way and we just think about it like that, it's kind of comforting and it lets us just go play our game. I hope that the ladies are enjoying the comfort of knowing they play in the Elite Eight in a couple of hours from now. We'll update you regularly on the match throughout today's show. It's a doubleheader of BYU
2: hoops tomorrow on BYU TV and BYU Radio. First, the women will be hosting Utah at 4 p.m. Eastern time at the Marriott Center. Then at 10 Eastern, men's hoops takes on Weber State in the inaugural Beehive Classic at Vivint Smart Home Arena.
0: T John Karoma and his biceps named to the twenty seventeen Pro Football Focus All American Second Team. Pro Football Focus, which analyzes every snap of the college football season, has graded Coroma as one of the top four centers in college football. Is that good enough to get drafted? It's fringe. But Jason and I were talking. We both feel very confident that John will be on a roster at some point.
2: Somebody is going to want John Caroma on their roster, in my opinion. Staying in the NFL, Jamal Williams earned the FedEx Ground Player of the Week after rushing for 113 yards and a touchdown versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. By the way, Jay Swagdaddy will join the program coming up a little bit later on in the program.
0: Rise and shout. Time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we.
1: It's What's Trending on BYU the Sports Nation.
0: Expectation overhaul. BYU basketball has started 7-2 for the first time in three years. As we pointed out yesterday, the last time the Cougars started 7-2, and they made the NCAA tournament. Ooh. Are you ready to go there mentally? Answer today's Twitter question.
2: What are your expectations for BYU basketball after a 7-2 and start? First tweet coming in from at Newman. Hello, Newman. At Newman BYU. Solid 20-plus win season. Dave Rose does it every stinking year. We're so spoiled. Third place in the WCC. Zags are very good. Yes. St. Mary's may fall to third and BYU second. I Much love that. Over last year,
0: love the defensive effort. Okay. Expectations. Again, this is a slippery slope. The key to happiness in life is managing expectations, and that includes your favorite sports teams. Jason, where do you stand on today's
2: Twitter question? I got a couple things on this one. Here's where I think my expectations have changed the most since the beginning of the year. In the past, and by the past I mean since joining the WCC, okay. BYU's dropped some of those games to teams that they were clearly better than. We
0: call those non-St. Yes. Zaga teams. Yes,
2: exactly. It's kind of the head scratchers. It's just one of those weird things that seems to have happened to BYU. So going into this year, you had to wonder, okay, how many of those games are BYU going to drop this year? They lose an average of two of those each year. To me, I don't think this team falls into that trap. I think my expectations have changed based off of how this team is made up and what we've seen early on. I I don't know if they have that problem this year. I think this is a team that will win the games they're supposed to win. Then you can focus on maybe, you know, having an upset here or, you know, playing well against other teams. But that's that's at least... Expectations that have changed a little bit. Correction, they lose an average of three of those nine. I, I thought Saga it was a little higher than years. that. Three. Yeah. I, I just, I'm not sure I see this team falling into that trap. So now that, that's one of my long term expectations. Okay. As it relates to non conference games and my expectations, I said a week ago that BYU could, and I emphasized could, be 11 and 2 heading into WCC play. There, there was no non conference team on the schedule. That I looked at and said, BYU cannot beat them. After like, Alabama, it yes. was kind of like, all right. So I, I, that's the way I felt. I said, they could be 11 and 2. I'm going to change the word could to will be 11 and 2. Straight up. Straight up. That's what I expect. That's what my expectations are. I think they're winning out co- their non conference. You know what games. this
0: comes down to? Hmm. Don't, don't
2: say it. Oh, he said it. You're right. It does. That, but here's the deal.
0: That is not a game you go in
2: saying BYU can't win that game.
0: Truth. I put out a Twitter poll after the win against Illinois State on Wednesday asking tweeps to predict how many of the final four non-conference games BYU would win. After 1,080 votes, 56% of that poll agrees with you, Jason Shepard. BYU will win the final four. 41% say 3-1 over the last four, citing the Utah game. And that BYU would finish non-conference at 10-3. and 3, Which is where I'm going to put my expectation. I hope the Cougars exceed my expectation. I started out non-conference this season because of so many question marks. And with the youth of this team, That thinking that BYU would go 9-4, hoping for 10-3. I think now they will go 10-3, hoping for 11-2. They're a game ahead of schedule, according to my train of thought. So just for fun, what if BYU beats Weber State and Utah and they get to 9 and 2? At that point, they're going 11 and 2, Jason. Yes. The team will not lose to Idaho State, they will not lose to Texas Southern. If they can get through the next two in-state tough, competitive games, go 9 and 2, they'll win the final two and be 11 and 2 going into West Coast Conference play. So what if, Jason? Just what if they do what you think that they will do? And finished non conference at 11 and 2. Would you be on the tournament train then?
2: Who says I'm not on it now? Oh! oh. I, no, I'm not. I'm not. Wow. It's, it's way too early. It is too early to talk about the tourney train.
0: Okay. Or is it? First things first, our stat of the day.
1: It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. The last
2: time BYU started a season 11 and 2 or better. Don't do it, Jason. It was the magical year, (laughs) 2010-2011.
0: Yes. Do you remember what happened in that season, Spencer? I do remember that, Jason. What happened? At one point, BYU was projected to be a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. They also had a guy named Jimmer Fredette. Oh, you say that with reverence. (sighs) Jimmer Fredette. (laughs) You say it like you would say Devajere, okay? I'm not, I'm not taking it any further than just beat Weber State and then Utah, okay? Yeah, let's not get ahead of just ourselves. beat Weber State and but then Utah. The last time they started out, that... They got to get to 11-2 yeah, first, we're, we're right? We're having fun with this, yes. But if it if happen, that happens, meaning BYU beats Weber State and then Utah, and then they take care of business against Idaho State and Texas Southern, which they will... I will take a very serious look at readjusting my expectation of a 23 and eight regular season because if BYU's 11 and two going into WCC play, Jason, there's a good chance they're going to win 25 games in the regular season.
2: Well, when they're 11 and two heading into WCC play okay look but honestly I, I get the the U- the Utah game is a big game. that game is here in Provo at the Marriott Center. I understand that Utah's got on a nice little little roll mm-hmm. of of late mm-hmm. but that is not a game that BYU cannot win that is a home game Utah is not a world beater team you know what i mean they're going to go 11 and 2 <laughs> in non-conference they are
0: i love the conference they are if BYU beats Utah man it's one of those critical turning point games right so many good things happen. It would be a huge resume win for their at-large chances, and if BYU wins 25 games before the West Coast Conference tournament starts, which I feel is all dependent on them going 11 and two in non-conference play, oh, they are dancing, baby, they are dancing. If they do what you say they will do, Jason, and go 11 and two, you know what? It would be like a, the 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 icing on the
2: cake is if when BYU beats Utah in that game. They score eighty
0: points. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Have we been paid for that by the way? What are your expectations for BYU basketball after a seven and two start? Let's keep it rolling on Twitter at DJ Neltz tweets in I expect those close, tough losses. BYU Sports Information Director Kyle Chilton talked about years ago we'll finally pay dividends.
2: Coming up, Jamal Williams discusses his touchdown celebration and playing
0: in the cold of Green Bay. We've got a Sweet 16 update for you after the break as well, plus the former head basketball coach at BYU, Steve Cleveland. How have his expectations changed for BYU basketball?
1: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the
0: official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our Friday conversation is bouncing right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Anytime you feel like chiming in, just use the hashtag BYUSN. Men's basketball taking on Weber State
2: tomorrow night in the Beehive Classic at Vivint Smart Home Arena. You can catch the game live on BYU TV and BYU Radio, 10 p.m. Eastern time. I will have radio pregame starting at 9 Eastern.
0: In every segment of today's show, we will include at least one update from the Sweet 16 match happening between 13th-seeded BYU women's volleyball and 4th-seeded Kentucky. Right now in set number one. BYU leading Kentucky 12-7. The Wildcats just called a timeout to try and slow down the BYU momentum. Hey, you go plus five in a set, you're off to a really good
2: start. We were, we were watching a little bit of it in the break, and we you made the comment, and it's so true. Mary
0: Lake is so Mar- good. She's ridiculous. She's so good. She's ridiculous. Jerem Jordan pointed out <laughs> earlier uh, in Mary Lake's career that 70% of the earth is covered by water, the yeah. other 30% is covered by Mary Lake. And she's fa- hey, <laughs> she's the defender of the year, okay? What are your expectations for BYU basketball after a solid 7 and 2 start? That is our Twitter question today at SodaCook tweets in. I expect bumps in the road for a young team in an identity changing season, and already that identity has started to shift. I also expect that by the end of the season BYU will have a real shot at getting to and winning the West Coast Conference Tournament Championship Gonzaga is really good again is that is that tourney going to be played in Spokane? Well, it pretty much is played in Spokane. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Six thousand Gonzaga Man, fans make have the a pretty good chance. The Orleans, maybe eight thousand fans like yeah that's that 's their home away from home, yes. so it goes through Gonzaga. Joining us now in Studio B is our good friend Steve Cleveland, former head basketball coach. It's good to have you not on the phone, Coach. It's nice.
4: Nice to be here. A little chilly. I'm not you, used to this cold weather. Yeah. I get away two months and uh, I got off that plane and realized, man, I don't have a jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody get the man a jacket. You're calling the BYU basketball game
0: against Weber State tomorrow as part of the Beehive Classic. Uh, besides basketball, what
4: else is on the agenda while you're in Utah? You know, connecting with some friends and uh, watching practice. We're not here that long, so it's been good. It's been great. I've got so many good friends and Good experiences here. It's always fun to come back.
2: This team has uh, been a pleasant surprise. It's been a fun team to watch to start out the year. They're 7-2 through nine games. How would you define
4: the identity of this team? They have great team chemistry. And you develop team chemistry when everyone's on the same page, offensively and defensively. You can see the interaction. I had a chance to watch it this summer and to see the development offensively and defensively of kind of new systems, different schemes. And, and the, I, I think their identity is that they are together. They're all on the same page. And you can watch them play and sense and know that, you know what, offensively they're taking good shots. They're moving the ball side to side. Uh, defensively they're guarding ball screens differently. They're defending the post differently. And overall I just think there's a different toughness about this group. Is BYU's
0: success this season based more on offensive efficiency and they have been efficient or defensive improvements?
4: You know, I think the biggest improvement for everyone to watch would probably be at the defensive end. And, and I think that with the schemes and the, just the intensity and the energy, you see them celebrating defensive uh, you know accomplishments on the floor. This is a different mindset of a, of a group. Now, offensively, I think one thing that impacts good defense is how you take care of the ball. You're not turning it over. It's hard to guard and defend turnovers in transition. And when you take quick shots, three-pointers, long rebounds, tough to defend – and a lot of that's been eliminated. So I think their system offensively, what they're doing, has really helped them defensively as well. How has the start changed your expectations on what you thought this team could do this year, or has it? You know, I my expectations were that they were going to be better. I could see that in the summer. I could see that they were buying into this. And then watching them early, I knew that it would continue to get better, and it will get better. I think they're built right now, as you talked about We you had a conversation. They're built to be better in the WCC tournament. They're built to be better on the road. And those hiccups, two or three of those games, I think they go and win those games because offensively and defensively they have different schemes, there's a different preparation, and overall there's a different mindset now about going on the road. I mean, they're 4-1 and one away from this building. Impressive. 3-0 and on the road, 1-1 and at neutral. That's a good indication and evidence that they're going to be better in conference play as well as the tournament.
0: What do you expect BYU to do on a neutral floor, the home of the Utah Jazz, Vivint Smart Home Arena, against Weber
4: State tomorrow? You know, first of all, Weber State, Randy Ray is a great coach. You know, five championships there in his 11 years. They're very, very good offensively. They execute. They're a good three-point shooting team. They're shooting 50% from the field, 40 from the three. They don't have the athletes that BYU has. They're not as good defensively. I've watched them play twice now. Uh, here the other, uh, in, at Fresno State, I watched them play, and they played UVU the other night. So I say to them up close and personal in what they do, I think they'll struggle with BYU's intensity and toughness. I think it's going to be a good game, but I think BYU wins that game, even though it is on a neutral site. And when you look at the success BYU's had, and then they haven't been very good. Weaver's not been very good. They got blown out at Fresno and blown out at UVU on the road, so they're reeling a little bit. So they'll come out and compete. Randy's a great coach, and they'll be prepared. But I think BYU has the advantage on both ends of the floor.
2: Not only has he been a really great story, but he's also a really good basketball player. What have been your thoughts on McKay Cannon?
4: Wow. You know know what's interesting is I really didn't notice him that much in practice, and I probably watched them practice 10 or 15 times during the summer, and then all of a sudden I see him playing, and... uh, you know, it's refreshing. I mean, he's got a unique story. Uh, he does all the little things. He, he's a kid that's tough. He, I love how he gets, in, increases the angles, the spacing. He makes great passes. He's a great passer of the basketball. And he's got confidence. You know, he's, he's a junior. Uh, he, he's a guy that uh, you can count on. You can trust him. He's played in the NCAA tournament. It, 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 exactly, exactly. And, but he just, he just has the ability. He, he's just one more piece. Gives the BYU more depth, at not only at the point, but at the wing. And uh, I, I think with Jasheer and, and McKay, you've really improved your point guard position.
0: It's going to be kind of a weird emotional roller coaster for McKay Cannon tomorrow because he's playing against his former coach and his former team. What would you
4: say to him going into this game if you were his coach? Uh, let the game come to you. Just let the game come to you, okay? You're going to get the shots you get. You don't have anything to prove here. Okay. You had good experiences there. You had some not-so-good experiences maybe. The bottom line is just a fresh start here. And, and just play within yourself. Sometimes guys want to prove something. and He's got no agenda. That's one of the things I love about this team, not just with McKay. It, it, it's an agenda-less team. There aren't agendas on the floor. And sometimes you can watch teams play and go, whoa. Where's that coming from? Where does that shot come from? What's going on? What's that attitude coming off the bench? That, that, you're not seeing that with this group, and I think that's why everybody's expectations are a little bit higher.
2: Speaking of, of expectations, we were talking about certainly there's Weber tomorrow and then Utah the, the next week. In terms of an at-large, a possibility of an at-large berth into the NCAA tournament for this BYU team, how big is that Utah game? Is that
4: a must-win for that to happen? Uh, it's a must-win if you're not going to win the conference tournament or win the championship. <laughs> okay. I mean, so, yeah, it's really important. And I, and I think the advantages to BYU, the way they're playing, the style of play, it, it, they'll be a, very similar the way the two teams play. I mean, Utah is very well coached, executing the offense in half court, execute defensively. So you're going to see two mirrors of two teams that play very, very much the same. Where well, That has not been the case in the past. But they need to win that game. They need to win that game. And then, as you both mentioned, not lose at Pepperdine, you know, not lose at UOP, not lose at Santa Clara. You win those games that you're supposed to win, and now you put yourself in a position. I mean, that team that just got blown out here the other night, Illinois State, they were 20, they had 29 wins, and they suffered from not being in a P5 conference. Yeah. They were good enough to be in the tournament. And that's what you don't ever know. St. Mary's has had 27, 28 wins and never got in the tournament. So you need to win the conference tournament, meaning that three days, and I think they're built to do that. But, but certainly a win against Utah will help them. You don't, they don't need those kind of losses right now, especially knowing it was at home.
0: How would you define the chemistry of the BYU basketball coaching staff right now with the uh, emergence of Heath Schroyer as one of the vocal leaders on the bench, joining Dave Rose, coming back, and then Quincy Lewis and Tim Lacombe,
4: of course? You know what? Obviously, I know Heath really well. He's like part of my family, and I know that he and Dave are good friends, and the chemistry is as good as it's ever been. And I and I think both Heath and Dave are to be given credit for that. I, I think Heath has a lot of responsibility coaching right now, but he's embraced the guys. Quincy has had a lot of success before he came here. Um, Tim Lacombe has been around, and I think Heath and Dave have both embraced. The, I think that. There's, more team meetings, there's there are meeting every day. There, there's a culture there that says we're going to do this together. And, uh, and I, I think that Lee Kamard, who is a, a grad assistant or whatever that calling is, whatever it's called now, uh, as he's doing some graduate work, uh, he's another great resource to this team. So I like the staff. I, th- I think that they've made some changes. I think that's the thing I have such great respect for Coach Rose for. He knew things weren't like they needed to be. And he had to do some hard things, and he made some changes. And and certainly uh, having Heath here and being a part of that and them having a previous relationship and having that trust with each other, you can see it in the players. The players trust coach rose they trust he they trust his staff they can see they're getting along when that doesn't happen and you don't have that chemistry in a staff it carries over to a team and uh you, you get surprised and you want to have as few surprises as you can during a season i expect this team to be really solid they're not going to win every game okay but they look differently playing in wins and losses and i think that's the most important it thing. just feels different it, it, it there is a tangible feel that is very it different is, it is different they're playing the game the way it needs to be played. And pace is you know pace is still important. You want to run, you want to push the ball, and you want to do those things. You get def- you get deflections, you get stops. You know that's how you get it. That's where you run. But you look at the NC two A last year of the sixty five or sixty six teams that participated in it. There was only two or three that were in the top hundred in pace. This game is played in the half court. I'm not saying you don't run and push it and have exciting basketball when you get stops, but you've got to get stops in the half court and you've got to execute. The thing that Coach Roy mentioned to me the other day, I talked to him, he said that when they can go side to side two to three times. 60% of the time they score. If they just go one side, for instance, that game the other night, two out of 13 is what they were when they just shot the ball from the first side. So when you see, you watch this team play and you watch them go from side to side to side, it's a 60% chance that they're going to score. Wow. And those are good numbers. And those are the analytics and numbers that are important. And, th- and I think that's the influence that both Coach Rose and Coach Schroer have understood. And they come to that understanding that you've got to move the ball side to side. And when you do that, you're just, it's just so much easier to guard. And the last thing I would say is I, I love what Coach Schroeder is doing with uh, ball screens. I mean, they're guarding ball screens, they're pushing them down on the wings, they're leveling off. You're not seeing open threes. That was one of the reasons that they had so much success against UVU. They just locked them up with all the ball screens, guarded them different. It was a different screen, a, a different scheme, and obviously a, a better effort.
2: I know you're a big fan of Yoli Childs, and he certainly hasn't disappointed so far this year. It's going to be WCC play before we know it. It's going to be here. Where do you think Yoli fits in in terms of best players in the conference?
4: Well, he, he's he's definitely – I mean, you know, you, you've got St. Mary's got Landell. You know, you, you, you've got – a. a I don't want to even say surprising Gonzaga team – but they just fill in pieces. Jonathan you Williams know. is Jonathan really Williams good. Jonathan Williams is really good, okay? And Tilly's not bad either <laughs> inside. And so, you know, those are the, the, the dominant post players inside, but he's not going to take a backseat to any of them. And I, I think the thing that he's so good at is that, number one, he steps out now and hits some threes, yeah. that which makes it harder. And, and the high-low is so much more effective because you, there's no help. There's no help on the side. You know, even, there's no help defense. And when they execute that high-low Gioli, and it's one-on-one inside. He's such a quick jumper and finishes. Uh, it's a real advantage. I, I love his game. He's got a big ceiling. We've talked about that a lot, and I think he matches up really well with all of those guys in the league. So he's one of the premier post players, and he's going to get doubled. He's going to see a lot of different looks, uh, and when he plays Gonzaga, it's going to be different than when he plays other teams because they do have size. But uh, he's a gamer. I mean, he he wants to be out there. I could tell the other night he was frustrated, got in foul trouble, wanted to be in the game, you know. Then, boom, all of a sudden he scores ten points in about two minutes. And so he has that explosiveness about him and a lot of confidence.
0: Yeah, he had a quiet 17-7. and yeah, seven. It he was. <laughs> An off game for yeah. Yoli. <laughs> coach, great to have you with us. Good to uh, be with stay you. Stay warm in this balmy Utah weather. <laughs> yes. We'll see you tomorrow on BYU TV.
4: Look forward to it. See you.
0: All righty. The head coach, Steve Cleveland, on his expectations for BYU basketball. After a 7-2 and two start, we have an update for you from Lexington and the Sweet 16 match between BYU and Kentucky. The Cougars are leading set number one, 22-18. They are three points away from winning that opening frame against the fourth-seeded and favorite Kentucky Wildcats. It's now 23-19, so now two points away. Coming up, what's the chance BYU basketball gets into the NCAA tournament? Okay. We've been talking about it. We'll continue to debate. And our interview with Jamal Williams, how Jay swag Daddy feels about playing in the cold weather at Lambeau Field and why he had to remind Taysom Hill that he played special teams first. This is BYU Sports Nation.
1: BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by... Chicano's Brazilian Grill, escape the ordinary.
0: Uh, we hungry. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, nationally simulcast. On Brigham Young University Television, we are on demand anytime, anywhere. Women's basketball back at the Marriott Center
2: tomorrow afternoon. Tough loss the other day to Utah State. They'll be hosting the University of Utah coming up tomorrow. The game can be seen and heard on BYU TV and BYU Radio at 4 p.m. Eastern.
0: I've got a fever, and the only remedy is more BYU Sports Nation headlines, Jason. Seventh-ranked and 13-seeded BYU women's volleyball on the court right now. And they just beat fourth-seeded Kentucky in set number one, 25-20. Got to win two more to advance to the Elite Eight, but a good start for BYU. We will update you regularly on the match throughout the rest of today's show. It's a doubleheader
2: of BYU Hoops tomorrow on BYU TV and BYU Radio. We just mentioned the women hosting Utah at 4 p.m. Eastern time at 10 Eastern tomorrow night. Men's Hoops takes on Weber
0: State in the inaugural Beehive Classic at Vivint Smart Home Arena. T. John Karoma, named the 2017 Pro Football Focus All-American second team. Pro Football Focus analyzes every snap of the college football season. They have graded T. John Karoma as one of the top four center in all of college football. Congratulations, T-John. And they had a lot of snaps to look at, seeing as how he played every game.
2: 51 starts, man. That's <laughs> a, a lot of place to go over. Jamal Williams earned the FedEx Ground Player of the Week after rushing for 113 yards and a touchdown versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And speaking of J-Swag Daddy.
0: Yeah, I think that we should let all of BYU Sports Nation hear from the dude. From the FedEx Ground Player of the Week, Jerem Jordan and I spoke with the Green Bay Packer running back yesterday just after he found out he was named the FedEx Ground Player of the Week. He's definitely not afraid of opposing defenses, Jason, but the cold weather in Green Bay, that's a different story. Here is that combo. Jamal, you scored your third touchdown in the last two weeks in a win over Tampa Bay. What was that first Lambeau Leap like for you?
5: Shoot, it was halfway there because I was so tired. I, I couldn't even jump my whole body on top of it. So <laughs> if you see the picture, all you see is my butt and bunch of fans smiling at the camera.
3: That's funny because when I think about the Lambo Leap, I'm always thinking that wall is really high. Like You have to have some serious adrenaline to be able to get up there. And when you score, I mean, you had been you you had twenty one carries. You were you were tired, man.
5: Mm hmm. I was dead. I was trying to get up there, though. I, was, I should have sprinted a little bit faster. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's, that's like a rite of passage for a Packers player, right? You score a touchdown, you jump into Lambeau. How do you feel you've been accepted by the Packers fans?
5: Uh, I feel like I've been accepted from the same way uh, BYU fans accepted me, really. And, you know, it's just it's just fun to be out there having fun and, you know, throw the football around with a couple of fans and everything. And, you know, you just see the, their faces and they're just grateful for it. So, really, you know, it's just, it's just great to be out there, great to have fans who, you know, who care. The NFL
0: FedEx Ground Player of the Week, BYU football all-time leading rusher and all-around good man, Jamal Williams with us on BYU Sports Nation. How did you come up with your touchdown celebration? Because that has gotten some nice attention as well.
5: <coughs> no, nah, I don't even know. I think I was just I was playing around like a couple of days before uh before we played Pittsburgh. I was like, Yeah, I think I'm gonna do this. I think I'm gonna just do this one. And if I score again i would do this one. I only, <laughs> I only got two. I only got two really. I got uh I don't know what to really what I call it yet. I don't know what to really call it. I don't know to call it like the J-Man Wiggle. <laughs> or, uh, <laughs> and then the second one is like the Billy
0: Bounce. So,
5: but I think i gonna go with – probably go with the J-Man Wiggle for right now. The J-Man Wiggle, not bad.
0: The Billy Bounce sounds funny as well, but uh, yeah. hey, we'll let you decide nah, the that. The Billy
5: Bounce is already a dance. Okay. It's already a dance. All
3: right, all right. Due to injuries and situation in the last four weeks, you've had at least 18 carries, but you really broke out with 5.4 yards per carry in this uh, last game against the Bucks. What changed in this last game to give you even more success?
5: Um, I don't think nothing really changed. Just I just feel like uh, I just prepared and was ready for the opportunities and uh, really just got into the flow of things and how, you know, how the NFL works and watching the defenses and stuff. So I just think I just needed to just get in here and, you know, and just play a little bit more to get used to the speed and, and how things are.
0: How has your confidence changed as this your rookie season has progressed?
5: Um, hmm. I feel like my confidence has always been the same. It's just, I, I think, I just had to get a little bit of a, like a, a kickstart into me to just, you know, to let me know, you know, you can do it all, as long as you just been playing how you've been playing, you know, don't be so stressed out there or look nervous or, you know, get up tight and put too much pressure on yourselves. Instead, just go out there, play free, play how you've always been playing, you know, and just have fun with it. I never asked you why the number 30 with the Packers. Oh,
3: one more time? Why the number thirty? We never, we've never, we haven't asked you.
5: Oh, shoot! Well, when you, when I got drafted, they gave you like a couple of numbers to pick from, and so I was gonna go with thirty-two because that was my that was uh, my high school number, my sophomore year when I couldn't get twenty-one, so I was gonna go thirty-two. But then I don't know. I think I was just talking to my family and everybody was like, "Let's go thirty. Let's try. Let's do 30 Because Amar Green was thirty-two. I was like, all right, for sure, we could do that.
0: Hey, coming from a couple of thirty-something uh, middle-aged vanilla men, we we, we like, like it. the choice. We
5: like it. Hmm, I'm surprised y'all still in the 30s. i I'm playing. I'm playing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jamal, how would you explain your relationship with the offensive linemen in Green Bay right now?
5: Ah, uh, they just fun. You know, I just think I just think offensive linemen just all just have personalities because they just all fun to be around. Funniest dudes on the team, I think. But they they always just having fun, really. But they know what they're doing. They always paying attention and, and getting ready for things. So it's just, and they always, uh, you know, letting me know things on how they how they working, what are they blocking to, what they see. So it makes uh makes it a little bit easier for me.
3: We've known you for a long time now, since 2012 when you stepped on campus as a, a wide-eyed, I think, 16-year-old out of high school, right? And you turned 17 in fall camp, if I remember correctly. You've been dancing for years now. You've kept that going in the NFL. Were you hesitant at all to kind of keep that going at the next level, or was that just a natural thing that came out emotionally for you?
5: Dancing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just something I like doing, really. And I don't think I'll ever change from dancing, you know. That's because – that's just something that that's just part of me, and, you know, it keeps me motivated, helps me be motivated, helps me just have a good time out there. Shoot, I need it more than ever, being out here in this cold. That's the only thing keeping me warm at the moment. <laughs> yeah, how would you explain the
0: weather in Green Bay right now?
5: Death. Death. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna die, I could, I'll go back to Utah and I, I pretty much, I walk around naked in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna <better> die, yo. <laughs> so but, cold. Yeah, man. The, there
3: it's are awesome. other former BYU guys, not only veterans in the league, but rookies like uh, Taysom Hill, your backfield mate, who uh, oh, is with yeah. the Saints, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Get Mr. Get Special Teams, on? right? What'd you think? Yeah, you see him get those tackles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost blocked a punt.
5: Like, that's wild, right? What'd you think of that? I know. I, his form needs some work on it, you know what I mean? <laughs> coming from coming from the first special teams man himself, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> nah, but I, I'm proud of my boy, y'all. I've seen him down running down. I was like... Is that tasteful? Look at Tate. trying to Look at getting some tackles and stuff. I even text a let him know too. But that's my boy, you know, doing whatever he can to get on the uh, on the field, you know, and I'm just proud of him.
0: Jamal Williams with us on BYU Sports Nation. The Packers got a big win over Tampa Bay. The playoff pushes on. What's the atmosphere like in the locker room right now? Knowing that, hey, you, just get to the postseason.
5: Yeah, really, it's just we just taking it a game at a time. All the time, just taking it every game at a time, you know, and as long as we do that, we'll for sure make it. Uh, but really everybody just focus on this next game that we got and just worry about coming with the W.
3: How often do you get asked about when Aaron Rodgers
5: will return? Every No, almost all the time, you know. <laughs> That's the GOAT. So when will he return? <laughs> not just kidding. I don't know.
3: <laughs> You're playing the Browns this week. Uh, are you hoping for an encounter with Kai Nakua in the
5: secondary? shoot an encounter yeah i always like seeing my boy shoot we be playing call of duty all the time
3: (laughs) he's one of your buddies you
5: play yeah we always online all the time as soon as i see his name come up i know who it is and we start talking again but you know it's it's always gonna be great to see one of my teammates and everybody and i always love you know seeing kai especially and you know, especially when we watch a film, I'd be like, Where Kai at? Let me see if I fire Kai. <laughs> you because know, you always watch a film, then you always see like a team like I seen Michael Phil. I like look at Mike on here. Look at Mike looking good in that forty three jersey. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just it's just great to see all my, my teammates on teams, you know, and then they they doing their thing.
3: It's pretty wild that the four captains and Michael Davis from last year are all on NFL rosters. And Michael Davis might be the, the best story of them because he was a guy that didn't even start and didn't even play kind of the back half of the season. What do you think of the Michael Davis story?
5: Man, I'm just proud of him, you know. I'm just proud of the way, you know, how things is going and how everybody's working hard on different teams, but they making a name for themselves, you know. So, and honestly, it's just wherever you started at, it don't matter where you started at as long as you – you get in and you get your opportunities in the league. Then after that, it's all up to you.
0: Jamal, there is uh, some turnover happening within the BYU football program right now. Uh, what was your reaction to Ty Detmer being relieved of his offensive coordinator duties? And what advice would you give to the players that are now waiting for uh, the new guys to come in place?
5: Um, you know, it's just it, I don't want to say it's a, a sad time or you know a happy time or nothing like that, but. You know, it's always sad when you see. Well, I, I mean, I had time when I was there, so it was a little upset when he left. But you know, it's just how football is. And for my boys who's still there, you know, they they'll get used to it. They'll be all right as long as they just stay with each other and you know, and play with each other. Shoot, we had three. I had three. Yeah, I think, yeah, three, three offensive coordinators.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, Doman and I <laughs> and Devin, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so you've been through it. They'll be all right. <laughs> Jamal, uh, survive the cold, or death, as uh, you call it Damn. in Green Bay. We're so proud of you, man. It's uh, it's exciting to watch you week in and week out and know that uh, all of BYU Sports Nation is behind you, man.
5: Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate y'all. I appreciate BYU and everybody in Utah who's supporting me and everything. You know, and go Cougs and go Packers, you know. You got it, Jamal. Thanks, brother. Thank you. I appreciate y'all. Y'all have a great day.
0: Jamal Williams joining us yesterday on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. How great is Jamal? He's an all-timer. I mean, like, if you think about guys that BYU fans love. Yes, yes. Like, just cannot get enough of. He's top five all-time, right?
2: Look, there are guys you root for. You want everybody to do well.
0: That is a guy. I'm so happy that he is doing well. Absolutely. Sweet 16 match update for BYU women's volleyball right now. BYU won the first set 25 uh, 20. They are now trailing in set number two. 14 to 10. Kentucky on a little bit of a run there in uh, the middle part of set number two. Long way to go. The winner will face either Nebraska or Colorado. Hey, coming up, we've got the Cougar Whip Around. Jimmer Fredette update. And what's the chance BYU basketball wins all four of its remaining non conference games?
1: 100. BYU Sports Nation is presented by The BYU Store the official outfitter
0: of BYU fans everywhere. Indeed it is. Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard live from Studio B on a Friday. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play, our daily rebroadcast airs weeknights, including tonight, on BYU-TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Men's
2: basketball taking on Weber State tomorrow in the Beehive Classic at Vivint Smart Home Arena. You can catch the game live on BYU-TV and BYU Radio at 10 Eastern time. I will have radio pregame starting at 9 Eastern.
0: BYU women's volleyball in the Sweet 16 against fourth-seeded Kentucky right now in Lexington. BYU leading one set to none. The Cougars are trailing in set number two during a media timeout, 15-11. We'll keep keep you updated as uh, we move throughout the program. Our Twitter question today focusing in on BYU basketball. What are your expectations for the Cougars after their 7 and 2 start at the Brentar 14 says expect to be on the bubble speaking of the NCAA tournament between the WCC tourney and selection Sunday. I expect many compulsive checks of various expert websites at least four times a day. I also expect to be pleasantly surprised about more things, as there have been many pleasant surprises so far already. That was a, that was a very involved and very articulate tweet. 280 it. characters allow our tweets to do some things that they never dreamed possible. I love 280 characters on Twitter, by the way. Love it. What's the chance you will use uh, 280 characters in the rest of your tweets? 98%. <laughs> While you think about that, let's play What's the Chance?
1: BYU Sports Nation asks, What's the Chance?
0: Presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Let's bring in the voice, Ben Bagley. Number one, Ben.
1: Well, a bonus one, what's the chance that 280 characters are about 200 more than Jason should ever have or be allowed to have? 100%. Yes, it is. All right, what's the chance BYU basketball wins their final four non-conference hoops games?
2: Look, look, all right, I'm not foolish enough to say that it is 100% because anything can happen. I'm going to go 99.99999%. Ah, okay. Okay,
0: yeah. It's going to happen, but you can't be, like, braggadocious about it. I'm going to go with the public. I put out that poll, and 56% of the public, after the Illinois State win, said that BYU would win their final four non-conference. They're going to. They're going to. So I say 56%, which also happens to be T. John Caroma's number. Ooh, nice tie There you go. Number two.
1: What's the chance? Get your tourney train hat ready, Spencer. <sighs> BYU Hoops makes the NCAA, <laughs> NCAA tournament. <laughs>
0: No, I'm holding it in my hand, but Jason, I'm not ready to go there. I have to wait yeah. until what happens against Utah. Where are you? Look, I'm the same way. I, I'm, I I I can't
2: go there yet. There is way too much basketball that needs to be played. Plus, in in a lot of ways, it's out of their hands because some, a, a committee has to decide. Unless you win the tournament, obviously. I, I'm going
0: to say forty five percent. BYU will will be bubbleicious. I'm I'm split down the middle. Ask me. After the Utah game, depending on that result, and that will... You're not giving any percentage? 50%. Split down the middle. All right. 50%. Number three. Let's put the trendy Train back in its rightful place for now. Yes. Number three.
1: What's the chance BYU football hires a new offensive coordinator by this time next Friday? Ooh. I, I, honestly, I, I thought they
2: would have one by now. Um. So, I I I think it's high. I will say...
0: 87% that it's done by Friday? I think that the coaching staff, led by Kalani Satake, they, they have made efforts, I'm yeah. sure. They got to get this right. And so I, I as much as they want to rush a guy into position, I don't think it's going to be in place by next Friday, Jason. Really? I think it'll be done before Christmas, obviously. But before next Friday? No, I, I think they're taking their sweet time, and they should. There are their job. Oh, getting on, it right is ultimate I mean there there that's, that's the number on the one goal here, yeah, Certainly.: Yeah, And who knows who they've offered and maybe who has turned it down, if anyone has turned it down? Like we don't know all of those things. It just takes time, especially at BYU. Number four.
1: What's the chance Jamal Williams goes for over 100 yards again this Sunday? Against Kainakua and the Cleveland Browns. Ooh.
2: Look, everybody runs for 100 yards against the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say like 92%. <laughs> yeah,
0: 75% chance Jamal Williams goes for over 100 against Cleveland and Kindaku on Sunday. Number five.
1: I would run for 100 yards. No, I wouldn't. Let's not go there. <laughs> Hey,
0: number five, what's the chance Jerem is not here today because he's
1: getting his Jar Jar Binks Star Wars cosplay Ooh. outfit ready for the premiere
0: next week? Oh, Jar Jar Binks. You take this one first. Oh. Well, I'm not so sure Jerem's doing that right now, per se, but I think that there will be a Jar Jar Binks Star Wars cosplay outfit discussion at some point. Uh, right now, though, no. I, I, there's one thing I know about, about Jerem. He's not a Jar Jar Binks fan. So I'm going to say 0%. Uh, Misa thinks this
2: is very low, uh, like 10%.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jerem, He will see Star Wars like 10 times. Oh, yeah. Another update from the Sweet 16 and BYU Women's Volleyball against Kentucky. Uh, we have some photos involved courtesy of BYU Photo, thanks to Jaron Wilkie and his team following the team. BYU trailing 20-15 to in set number two. The Cougars did win set number one by five, 25-20. It looks like Kentucky just might even things up on their home floor. More to come. Coming up, did Jimmer score his average of 40 again? He averages 40, Jason. And which BYU basketball alum dropped a double-double?
1: What's the Chance is brought to you by BYU Food to Go the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by
0: DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Big thanks to today's guest, Steve Cleveland, and the J-Swag Daddy with his J-Man wiggle, Jamal Williams. If you missed any other show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play.
1: Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Volleyball. Women's volleyball
2: in action right now. Sweet 16 the NCAA tournament taking on Kentucky. BYU did win set number one, 25-20. They are in set number two. Kentucky with a 20-16, now
0: 20-17 lead over the Cougars. Men's basketball. Tomorrow on BYU TV and BYU Radio as part of the Beehive Classic, the Cougars take on Weber State. Neutral site at Vivint Smart Home Arena, 10 Eastern, 8 Mountain Time. Jimmer. Jimmer Frenette scoring 38 points, an off night for Jimmer. He also picked up
2: seven rebounds in a Sharks loss to the Dragons. Women's basketball.
0: Take on the rival Utah. Tomorrow, 4 Eastern, 2 Mountain, live on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Join myself and Kristen Kozlowski and Jason Shepard for the call. Cougars overseas. Kalani Purcell had 9
2: points, 9 rebounds, in a Melbourne Boomers win. Also, Jen Hampson, 15 points
0: and 17 boards in a Sydney Uni Flames win. Volleyball. BYU ranked third on the men's side in the ABCA preseason poll behind defending national champion the Ohio State and MPSF rival Long Beach State. BYU also the favorite according to the MPSF coaches poll that was released today. Picked to finish first with UCLA at close second. Remember, there's a new conference involved now.
2: Track and field. BYU men's and women's track and field teams continue competition
0: today in the BYU indoor invite. Yeah, I hope they're running inside. Good grief. It's cold. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help wow. when you need the most. DexterLaw.com. Who should we give it to, Jason? How about Tijon Caroma? All-American. Pro football focus. Second teamer. Graded as one of the top four collegiate centers in all the land. What are your expectations for BYU basketball after a 7-2 and two start? Let's go to the Twitter machine.
1: You got
0: Tweets. At Touchdown BYU says no more than nine losses on the year. Wow. Wow. Don't, well, okay, the nine losses is a, uh, a pointed mark at the football team. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. Volleyball update for you. Jason, what do we have uh, between BYU and Kentucky? Uh, 22-17, Kentucky with the lead in set number two. BYU still up though, one set to none. Our Elite Tweet of the Day, at Mel Reed and Wright, answering the BYU basketball question puts on blue goggles as I step aboard the hype train. A national
2: championship! Choo-choo! Conversation continuing 24-7 on Twitter. Don't forget, use the hashtag BYUSN. Show always on demand. I blue blue big com. Enough.
0: Man. Uh For Jason, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Larry Moore. Have a great weekend. Go Cougars!